Today we've come to worship the king. Amen. Not Santa Claus. Does Christmas ever once in a while get kind of mundane? Kind of a drag? Kind of wait until it's over? Have we lost the true spirit of Christmas? I believe we have, don't you? I believe there's a casualty. And I think that casualty is the joy that we ought to have because a king has been born. You know, most folk remind me of that little boy. He was praying and uh, he told the Lord as he looked at the uh, at the nativity scene with the wise men, the shepherds and the parents and baby Jesus and He just knelt there and prayed and was thanking God. And uh, he started to pray and he said, Lord, I've been good these last six months. Thought about it a while. And he said, Lord, I've been good the last two months. Then he thought about it, and then he said, Lord, I've been just good. Then he got up, walked over and took the figurine of Mary out of the nativity scene and bowed his head and said, Lord, if you ever want to see your mother again. (laughs) Well... I think maybe to some Christmas has arrived at that place. I want to read for you out of the book of Matthew chapter number two. I'm going to read just a a few verses and try to develop a thought. And I I really, I'm really not preaching to the choir because they're not here. So I'm really preaching uh, to me. If you want to get some of it, that'll be fine and take it home with you. But just to tell you the truth, I kind of dread Christmas coming around. Now, I was going to beat my shopping day because I knew half of you would be down at Walmart on the 24th. So, uh, what was yesterday, Saturday? Friday, I made me a list and took off. And I wasted an entire day and didn't buy a thing. My, my family last night, we had Christmas at the house. And man, we had presents everywhere. I mean, big ones and little ones. Brother Ben, he did make out like a bandit. I said over there, I didn't get any. I said, I'm going to go back to being a little baby and whine every once in a while. And so I, uh, I'm a great gift carder. Is any gift carders here today? Nobody likes receiving gift cards. Yeah. They always fit, right? You never have to take them back, right? Well, I thought to myself, what's the use of going and buying gift cards? We just give them money. 
I mean, that's stupid. Pay American Express 4% to get a $50 gift card when you could just give them the 50. And then I thought about all the money that Joseph Katz was making on wrapping paper. Do you know that on Christmas morning, everything that Mr. Katz has sold all year long is ripped to shreds? The wrapping paper. So I just went and got five envelopes. And I wrote on them, Merry Christmas. I hated to put the money in there. I would rather keep it myself. But like the good Christian I am. With the great Christmas spirit I've got. I just slid the money in the envelope. Sealed it. And wrote on there. Andrew. You don't deserve it. But it's Christmas. Huh? I think maybe if we could get the spirit of Christmas back, Amen. that materialism is stole. Yeah. Amen. That the folly, the, uh, the, the happy, jovial, fat fella who needs to go on slim fast <laughs> and get a razor. And we set our little kids early in their life in his lap down at the shopping center. Tell our kids, tell old Saint Nick what you want. Knowing good and well, this is the last time they ever going to see that sucker. And our kid says, I want a four-wheel Jeep for Christmas. Leaving Santa Claus, knowing that Santa would not lie to them. But mom and daddy will. And we lie to our kids all their life. Making them believe that December the 25th is about a fat man And a lot of toys. And then wonder. Why the spirit of Christmas. Is gone. I think we need. To rethink some things. Amen. I don't want to make you mad. You heard about the guy. They bought his wife a beautiful ring for Christmas. Showing the guys down at the work. And said, look at this beautiful ring. I'm buying my wife for Christmas. One of the guys said, well, I thought your wife wanted a four-wheel drive vehicle for Christmas. And the man said, but where are you going to find a fake Jeep? And we wonder why 
the spirit of Christmas no longer abides in America, in the church, when this day ought to be about Christ, about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lady of the Valley, the bright and morning star, the infinite who is God. He who made all we see and created humankind became a human because he was kind and loving and gracious. And we get wrapped up in a bunch of junk and wonder why the spirit of Christmas is gone. Ain't we having a good time? Has anybody here felt any pressure to get your shopping done. Amen. Has anybody here said, he better get me what I want. <laughs> if he don't, I'm going to give him what he don't want. <laughs> Come on now. Let's not get mad at me till I get started. <laughs> I'm the only preacher in the world. Folk get mad at me before I ever read the text. Matthew chapter 1. I mean, chapter 2, I read for you verse 1, please. The Bible says, And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Won't just make you a footnote there. Wise men always seek the Lord. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are coming to worship him. Why are you here today? We have come to worship him. Not her, because she's there. They came to worship him, not Mary. As godly as she was, and as blessed as she was, she is not God and does not demand or need worship. The Bible goes on to say, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. About a baby? A king? It disturbed over a baby. A baby can't even speak yet. A baby who has no hair and no teeth. A baby who can't even feed himself. And the king, who sits proudly upon the throne of David, God's servant. An Edomite, a politician, is reigning instead of one of David's heirs. He's troubled. He's afraid. That's amazing. Have you ever seen a baby you're scared of? 
I've never seen one yet. I couldn't look. (laughs) Amen. I've seen some that I wish I hadn't because now they're not babies anymore and they're getting even. (laughs) Amen. So I have a philosophy. Whoop them while you can. Because one of these days they're going to be too big. Right, Jim? But notice a, a king troubled at the birth of a baby. Could this baby be unusual? Why? The scripture says he's born a king. He's a king before he ever got here. He's a king while he's here. And he'll be king forever. Can anybody say amen? We're not going to vote on him. We're not going to impeach him. Can you say amen? So the Bible says, the page is turned, and I start to read the wrong chapter. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, O thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Micah said that hundreds of years before he ever arrived. And tonight I'll be preaching on why Bethlehem of all the cities of all the towns and hamlets in all the world why did God choose Bethlehem the prophet said these least of all the princes least of all the cities Abraham never spent any time in Bethlehem Isaac never spent any time in Bethlehem. Why not some, why not Jerusalem maybe the Lord be born? Hundreds of times Jerusalem is mentioned in the Old Testament. But hidden back yonder in the pages of scripture nestled behind the dark clouds is Bethlehem. I wonder why. Well, tonight that's just something else we'll be talking about. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. Not the city, not the country, not the county, but the house. The very house, the very place that Jesus was. That's where the star was. Astrology Accident. 
Astrology would say, oh, just a coming together of Pluto and Neptune and another. It only happens 800 years, they said. And I was looking at a commentary and I said, you idiot. Why would you try to explain it when it just happened? God put it there. And I've read several, several commentaries. Well, Neptune and Pluto and Abernathy and Leroy, they all lined up. Oh, by the way, did you notice December 21, 2012? Would you like to sell me your generator? How about your sardines you got put up? How about your AK-47? Listen. You need to realize who's running the show. They thought Herod was. Herod wasn't running the show. That baby he scared of was running the show. Uh, Herod wasn't in control. The wise men wasn't in control. The shepherds wasn't in control. That little baby laying there in that manger. Hoss, he's the boss. I tell you, that'd make a Methodist shout, amen? And I'm glad he's still in charge. Well, we probably ain't going to get this preached, but we'll cut her off in a minute because what time's the game, Jim? You're lying. Are you, are you lying? Listen, man, you get out and you pray. You don't know what time it starts? Somebody tell Jim what time ball game starts. Marshall know what time it starts. You bet. Every once in a while, Marshall's got a flash card. He sticks it up. You know, that's why he sits on the back. Nobody can see him. Hey, 12, 12, 12. Have we lost? Now listen. Have we lost the spirit of Christmas? Let me read on now. And and I want to show you something. When they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. That's verse 10. And they were coming to the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had had opened the treasures, they presented unto him. Gift given on Christmas should be unto him. I, I've really been on conviction all week. I'm going to give God the same thing I spent on my family. I am not going to be hypocritical and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, buying junk for kids and wives. Christmas. You know why we've lost the spirit of Christmas? We're giving to the wrong folk. You say, how much do you give your family? Two dollars. <laughs> and that's one at a time. So I'll give them one this year and give God a dollar next year. And they opened their treasures. They presented unto him gifts. 
gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed their own country another way. Our Father today, in these next four to five or ten minutes, help me say that which needs to be said. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes things become less exciting because of our familiarity. That's why we only take the Lord's Supper here once a year. There is no particular scripture for that other than the Lord's Supper replaced the Passover meal. And they did it once a year. We'll do that next Wednesday night, Brother Jim, in a candlelit service. Thereby, we will not be able to live stream our services. But that service is for our church. That is a local in-house situation. Can you say amen? We're going to have a beautiful time. Yes, we are. And it'll be a beautiful service. One need to remember for a long time. But I'm saying to you, if you're not careful, familiarity will make whatever is taking place common, mundane, and not very exciting. And I want you to know, I have become victim of that. I have, I've really, I really dread, I dread Christmas. Not because I hate to give, because I do give all year long. And, and I'm probably exceedingly stupidly generous, but I just hate to be put under pressure to give because somebody gives to me. Amen. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. And somebody say, preacher, give me your Christmas list. How about your wallet? <laughs> I'm sorry. We've blown Christmas plumb out of Elder. And it has become mundane. It has become uh, dread. It, it's, and we must not allow circumstances and familiarity to ruin the real spirit of this day. It is not about toys. It's not about trees. It's about a king of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, the sinless son of God, who came to this earth to die in our place, to raise from the dead victorious and justify us from a sinful life that will send us to hell if we don't get saved. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about a bunch of toys. It's not about this and it's not about that. And so we must cultivate A spirit of Christmas and not let the devil and the world kill us in that spirit. And let me say, let me just give you three things real quick. Notice if you would please, let me just give you these real quickly. The spirit of Christmas is number one, seeking God. Did you come to this place today in a pursuit? Of seeing, hearing, and touching and feeling the presence of Almighty God. That's why we ought to be here. It ought ought to be because it's the Lord's birth. It ought to be because we love God with all of our heart. And we, and, and we get this spirit of Christmas in seeking God. Notice verse number two. We are come to what? Worship Him. To adore Him. To praise Him. To pay homage to Him. Christmas is about Him. But we've made it about us. 
Christmas is about seeking God. It's about worshiping God. It's about paying homage to a king, to a majestic, royal dynasty called heaven. And God is the king. We need to get back to worshiping the king. You know, I don't even know why some people come to church. I mean, you're so stinking bored, man. You ought to go to the bathroom, put your head in the commode, flush it three times, come out. It'll look like you know something or been somewhere. Dear God, just sitting there, look like nobody's home. Vacant written across your forehead. You say, I don't like you. That's a two-way street. Hey, this ain't about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Problem is you don't know him. You said, I went down the aisle and said some words. Yeah, but look, man. You any different? There's a spirit that we've lost. And that spirit of Christmas is seeking God. We've come to worship him. Oh, man, you do that. You, you, you seek God, you find God, and you, and you do that by responding to heavenly guidance. Notice, if you would, please, they've been following the star. God placed it up there, a heavenly visible thing by which they can find God. How can you and I find God? Thy word. Thy word is a lamp and a light to our path. The Bible says that the word of God, we ought to be able to find God in the preaching. If you can't find God in the preacher, change preachers. Go to one of them, hallelujah, jump up and down, roll your eyeball kind of deal. If that's what you need to find God, but don't sit there and look like, bless God, you're about to die. God help a Baptist if he ever gets excited. <laughs> Our ushers have smelling sauce just in case somebody faints. Right back on the wall. I think that's for heart attacks, ain't it? Huh? We got exit signs. We got heart attack machines. We got had it call. We got uh, we got uh, uh, ibuprofen. We got eight hundred. What is it? Milli, what is it? Eight hundred what? Milligrams. Is that what it is? Something like that. I got ibuprofen in there <laughs> that you can take. As soon as you take it, you jump across your truck and you meet your way self on the way coming back. We got everything we need except Jesus. We got a beautiful auditorium. About to build two and a half million dollar building. We got buses everywhere. We got everything except the spirit of Christmas. Some of you spent more time decorating your Christmas tree than you have soul winning, praying, or reading your Bible. And then we wonder why our kids act like us. 
Just when we have the spirit of Christmas, we come to church seeking the Lord. We find him through heavenly guidance. We find him uh, through repentance. You say, well, preacher, I haven't done anything that I need to repent for. How about lying? Let's just start with lying a minute. (laughs) Amen. If you've been driving downtown at the business hours, you've done something you need to be ready to repent for. Have you ever seen any Baptist spiritually cuss? Religiously indignated kind of cussing? You don't say anything, you just run over seven people. You find God through heavenly guidance. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might sin against thee. You, you find God as this book preached, this book is taught. What to God, I hope every once in a while somebody here under the preaching would hear from God. You find God through faith, by faith. I know it's not one of the most beautiful scriptures in all the Word of God. One of my favorite passages is Psalm 51. As David is brought face to face with his sin. And feeling now the separation from God. As he breaks down. He starts weeping bitterly about his sin with Bathsheba. Nathan has confronted him. And he falls on his face. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. And my sin is ever before me. Cleanse me and make me whole. And then he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Then I will teach transgressors the ways. See, if you really want to find God, he'll be there. He'll give you heavenly guidance. He'll send the Spirit of God to give repentance. And even your faith is a gift of God. Isn't God great? You see, I just believe with all my heart, the spirit of Christmas is not Christmas toys. It's seeking the Lord. Secondly, the spirit of Christmas is sharing gifts. Notice, if you would please, in verse 11. Verse 11 tells us about sharing gifts. And when they come in to the house, they saw the young child, not a baby now. They're not in the, they're not in the stable here with Mary's mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened the treasures, they presented unto him gifts. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of giving. One reason we always have our stewardship uh, emphasis 
next month. It's called Since Thanksgiving. The commercial world has been telling you and teaching you to give. So I thought I'd just take advantage of what all uh, Fifth Avenue has been doing to get you in the frame of giving and just do the same thing in the church. And February 1st month, Sunday in February, I don't know what it is. You know what it is? Huh? Third. We're going to have a, hey, Jesus, we love you offering. Uh, we'll get over $100,000 in cash that day. You say, what you going to do with it? Spend it. <laughs> See, if you give it to the church, I'll spend it. If you keep it, you'll spend it. That's what money's for, spend. Amen. You could sit on a $100 bill for a year and it won't hatch. <laughs> Amen. Christmas and the spirit of Christmas is about giving. The minute the wise men saw the Lord, the minute they found the Lord, the minute they came into his presence, the spirit of generosity and giving took over. Can you see that? Something wrong with you if you're hanging on the dollar so tight that the buffalo is running. Something wrong with folk that don't like to give. A while ago when I told you I was going to give to God... Christmas, the very same amount I gave to my family last night. Now, I don't have to worry about what it cost. The only thing I had to buy is the envelopes. I don't have to guess about what I gave to them. Not a one of them has said, this won't fit. I said, Andrew, would you like to bring it and return it for something smaller? I had no takers. I know exactly. I placed it in the envelope. And I I would be any kind of a hypocrite if I gave my family more than I gave my Savior. And so I just thought that was a pretty good idea. I told Jim about it. I'm not going to do it. I just think Jim ought to do it. But I'm going to do it. You know why? Because the spirit of Christmas is given. Notice, they did not share gifts. They gave gifts. They gave gold. In the Bible, it's indicative of deity. Gold was the most valuable commodity in those days. I guess they thought that he was worthy. Of their best. So they gave him gold. Frankincense. Placed on the center. Far underneath. And it gave an aroma. Up to God. A sweet smelling savor. It was for God. They gave him incense. Because they were worshiping. Him. He was God. In the flesh. Frankincense. And they gave him myrrh. That's what they. Embalmed with. That's what they put on the body. To keep. The stench gown. And they recognized him. As God. As king. 
as Savior, sacrificial Lamb of God, King for the gold, frankincense for God, myrrh for a Savior. Something about this Christmas thing we've missed. See, they didn't bring bicycles and BB guns and four-wheel trailers. They brought something that meant something. The spirit of Christmas is a spirit of giving. <laughs> I'm done. I was looking for a clock. We don't have one there, do we? They ain't started yet. It usually takes Tony till the second half to really get whooping up. Can we have an amen? I just hope he gets whooped up. Can I close? Can I close? The spirit of Christmas is spread in the gospel. Everywhere the wise men went. What are you doing? We're looking for a king. A king that's born. A baby that is king. We're looking for a king. They they didn't have a GPS. Either that or my wife was reading it. We had a GPS one night. We was trying to find a hospital in Waco. When we got to Houston, I said, honey, do you think we missed it? <laughs> Would you tell me what those stinking wise men are doing in Jerusalem? GPS wasn't set right. Probably about the time they walked into Jerusalem, Ray calculated. I'm out of gas because I've been going around the same block, recalculating. Somebody else owns that one now. <laughs> out the window. What's those, what's those wise men doing in Jerusalem? The king was not to be born in Jerusalem. What were they doing in Jerusalem? Oh, there was another king. His name is Herod. He's a reprobate. They call him the great. They should call him Herod the worst. He's a pervert. He's a tyrant. He's done killed every one of his sons because of the threat to the throne. He married a beautiful wife of the Maccabees. And he got jealous and thought she was against him and he killed her. And killed her two sons. And just before he died, he killed his own two sons. And because he killed his wife, he went crazy. Absolutely crazy. Six to eight thousand prime people in his kingdom. He's murdered and slaughtered. Now his mind is gone. Oh, he's the king. He's the king that the wise men are talking to. His mind is gone. And all he can think about is the wife that he killed. And every pretty lady he sees, he, she reminds her, reminds him of her. Through his mind, he's about to go crazy. Killing everybody in sight. But Rome does not care because Rome is very satisfied if a strong hand is keeping that bunch over in Judea at bay. Because Jerusalem is a rebellious city, Rome said. 
So as long as everything's kept at bay, Herod the Great could do anything he wanted to. And now he's looking for the king that is born in Bethlehem. Finally, he died with a social disease that run through his veins and killed him dead as a hammer. He's sitting on David's throne. You guys go find the baby. Come and tell me because I want to worship. Do you think he wanted to worship that guy that was the king? Not at all. And everywhere the wise men went, they said, Where's the baby that's born a king? The Christmas spirit is not only the spirit of seeking God. It's about giving gifts. And the spirit of Christmas is about sharing and spreading the word. What a shame a little baby shook up a king. What, a, what, a, what an unusual deal. A little baby. Startled the religious world of the day. What a baby. He saved all that sought him. And I think we need to realize this. That the spirit of Christmas. Is showing gladness. Notice verse number 10. I close with this verse. You say how many verses are you going to close with? We're about to run out. And when they saw the star, now look at this, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Could I ask you something now, and I want to be honest. To me, before I started studying for this message and praying and asking God, and now I've had to repent because Christmas in my life had become mundane. Christmas in my life had become nothing but materialism. The dread of buying. The drudgery of shopping. Now some of you ladies like to shop, but dear God, I'd just soon to drink a hot Pepsi. You know, man, you can get killed in Walmart driving a shopping cart. Huh? I mean, have you ever, have you ever been attacked at a blue light special? Dear God, they'll step on you. They'll run over you. And then the rude cashiers, you walk up there and they say, that'll be $5,425. And they can't even smile. Not only that, they can't give you change. If the computer breaks down, man, they're closed. Huh? And you get on the road, dear God, you'll get run over by some idiot trying to get there before you do. The most dangerous place in this town is the service station when they put gas on sale. They'll kill you, son. 
Huh? And I was, Christmas to me had become mundane and materialistic and man-made and I just dreaded every bit of it. Now I know you haven't because you're holy and I can see your shiny halo. But now notice, the spirit of Christmas is they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You seen any of that this Christmas? They rejoiced with exceeding. Now look, if you were looking in the mirror right now, how close to rejoicing are you? I'm looking at you. Huh? You can't wait till I get through. You're more interested in the cowgirls, the cowboys, and the folk from, where are they from? New Orleans. I just jotted this down. I looked in the dictionary at the word exceeding. It means surpassing or extreme or to go beyond. (laughs) Do you feel that here? Have you ever been so happy in the Lord you went farther than you ever gone before? Exceeding now, get that, surpassing or extreme. Great means much more than ordinary. It means uh, much above the average. Now we're talking about rejoicing. Joy means a very glad feeling or happiness. They rejoiced with exceeding beyond surpassing exceeding great that means mucho joy. I think we have a casualty. It's the spirit of Christmas. How long has it been since you rejoiced way out of your control? I mean beyond whatever Baptist in the world thinks you ought to do. Great joy. The spirit of Christmas has become a casualty. We've given up Jesus for a fat man with a white beard. We've lied to our kids all these years. 
And as we did, we assassinated the true spirit of Christmas. I want to just leave, is our Christianity seeking after God? Spreading the gospel? Sharing what God has given us and rejoicing with exceeding great joy. I'd just like to get the spirit of Christmas on self. Probably if I got it, some of you might get it. But today when you're watching the Cowboys play, if you get more excited watching them than you have this morning, you got the wrong God. Amen. Now, our amen's got weak, but it's the truth. Huh? 